There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. How you doing out there? Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the show. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with another one. And since we're at the end of another month, I'm here with your August 2021 rundown. And uh, very excited to be back here in studio. I'm uh, doing this one in the WRFA studios, like most times. Sometimes I do them at home, but uh, nine times out of ten, now we're allowed back in here. Last Last year, I'd say a good uh, half of the year, um, probably like five months, uh, I, I did at uh, home when the studio, you weren't allowed to come in, but uh, most of the time I'm doing them here. But anyway, I'm uh, back in studio doing them, and I know I haven't been around the last two weeks, but uh, if you didn't know, even before that, we've had episodes for a while, but uh, I left town like July 23rd, so uh, I, I was gone from like July 23rd up until... About two weeks ago, I've been I've been home for like I, I want to say like two weeks now. It feels longer, but I'd, I'd say like two weeks. Um, but you know, I, I took a break in between, and uh, I which I really shouldn't even say that because during once I got back and during my trip, I was booking interviews and uh, have already done one and uh, started doing some stuff for the radio show and getting stuff around here for this year podcast. So I've been busy doing that, but this is the first podcast. Uh, I've recorded since leaving, and uh, what would be the very last one? I mean, I know I know how I released them, but like, you know, actually, the July rundown would have been the last thing I recorded. But uh, you know, like the third it, that that thing's been out obviously since July. It's been out for a month, but uh, I think it was like the last thing I recorded in studio, and then I did uh, all like within. I, I probably talked about this on the uh, on the July rundown because I, I recorded them by then. But uh, yeah, I did like three. I did all three interviews that you've heard lately with uh, Mike Collins from uh, TDR Records, Richie Ramone of the Ramones, obviously, and uh, also Jamie Wolford of uh, the Stereo and Animal Chin. And uh, I did all those like I think within like twelve hours or something of each other. I mean, Mike Collins and Richie Ramone. I got off the phone with Mike and uh, called Richie, which uh, I definitely got to have Mike back on because. Uh, I didn't know they were going to be overlapped like that. I messed up because I, I definitely would have kept talking to uh, to Mike a lot longer. But you know, I had to get off the phone, and uh, you know, definitely clearly you're talking to Ramon. It's like I can't make him wait, so it's like, man, I got you know, like sorry, I got off the phone. But uh, I thought Mike was a great guest. Richie Ramon was a great guest, and uh, all all three of the last uh, same with Jimmy Wol- not Jimmy Wolford, Jamie Wolford. Um, really, really great guest too. Had a lot of fun with him. I mean, he'll definitely, if you've not listened to that, I mean, he did announce new music from the stereo and, uh, we were talking about it. I mean, once it gets released, we don't know when it will be released, but when it does him and uh, Rory coming back on and talking about it and everything. I'm very, very excited for that. But yeah, so I mean, long story short, it's been a while since I've been in studio and, uh, well, well over a month since I've been recording the podcast, uh, you know, it's it's really good to be back. It's fun to be back, and uh, 
I'll uh, I'll try not to like just talk and talk and talk. that's kind of what the rundown's for though. If you listen to these, you know that uh, I just talk for like forty minutes before I really get to anything. That's kind of the point of this is to kind of you know this this is the episode that you can always or just, I shouldn't say that I've had I've had like short interviews once or twice, but like nine times out of ten, this episode is just a solo episode, kind of a place for me to talk and bullshit about things that went on. You know, this month in uh, in my life and in music and everything, which is fun. I like I like having guests on, but it's also fun doing these. But uh, yeah, it's been a long time. I I was thinking of doing them, and I've thought of it so many times. This is not the first time, but like I always have that idea that I'm gonna do some podcasts while I'm on the road. Like I spend a lot of time in my car. I sleep in it most of the time, and uh, you know, thoughts of doing it there or with with people. Like I, mean, I, I hung out with tons of friends uh, when I went out of town. I went to. Uh, Denver but like had a really long trip I mean like Denver was like the main thing but I went all over the uh the Midwest and I gotta give a shout out because I mean I think of the I was gone for like three weeks and I would say some of the most fun I had on day one with uh past guest of the show and uh, my buddy David Gello who uh does 19 cent zine and uh, just such a great guy. I went, he lives in uh, Columbus, went, picked him up, went down to Skatopia, which I'd never heard of prior to uh, him telling me, but I was very, very excited to go see this place. If you don't know about it, absolutely crazy. It's 88 acres of uh, like farmland in rural Ohio that's just been converted by, uh, it's owned by this skater, Bruce Martin, which uh he very if you don't know like skateboarding look up this dude because he i mean he has had like a very impressive history like he's a legendary skateboarder and uh, this place if you're like if you're a skateboarder you like i don't have to tell you any of this shit and i'm probably like missing so many details and stuff cuz again i i'm not i love the music i've never become i've never been a skateboarder i have shitty shitty balance and uh, like gave up very, very fast, uh, very young, and never tried picking it up again. But uh, you know, was very cool to look at it or go hang out at uh, anyway. And yeah, just a legendary place if you're a skateboarder. And uh, it's it's 88 acres of this farmland in just, I mean, truly the middle of nowhere in rural Ohio, like 90 minutes from Columbus, and uh, just really cool. You go up there, cool sign, Skatopia, enter at your own risk, and uh, no cops allowed at this point. And uh, you go up there, and it was just very cool. Like, there's, I mean, it's it's even hard to describe it. Like, I mean, there's there's like some makeshift shacks. There's these huge, like, just fucking ramps and shit to go skateboard. Like, it's very DIY. Like, there's there's like... One main house that has like a this amazing museum in it with just skateboards from every era. Like, I mean, going back, like it's insane. Like, like this stuff. And like, as I say, museum, it's really a few rooms in this house of just these skateboards going back to like the early 20th century. Like these wooden skateboards and shit in like insane condition, too. Like, that was that was one of the things I noticed right away. I'm like, my God, like there cannot, number one, there's not many skateboards probably still from that era left in existence, but not just that in this shape, like this stuff looked like a lot of this stuff looked pristine, like no one had ever ridden it. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people had foresight to keep, I mean, those original skateboards and shit in good shape or like save them or anything like that, you know? So they've, and again, like it is a legendary place. So like 
I know that some of them are from Bruce's collection. I know there's a good chunk of them, I think, have been donated. And, uh, I mean, by legendary people, too. I mean, some really cool. And I wish I could remember the, uh, I'm not sure what she is to Bruce, but uh, Bruce wasn't there when we went. It's crazy, too, because this place, like, me and my friend didn't know what to expect. Like, if you go look up videos of this place, and I stress that you do. There's a great Vice documentary, like, I think, like, 22 minutes long. That um, that Dave sent me before we went. That kind of just shows the mayhem there, and uh, you know we didn't really know what to expect when we got there. No one, like literally, like there were a few people who were staying there like long term, and like the woman who was kind of running it. Who uh, again, I don't remember her relation to Bruce. She was she was great. She was awesome, and she showed us around the museum. But like that was it. Like there was like no one else in this place. Me and Dave had Skatopia. All to ourselves. Like, it, it was amazing. Like, we we drove up and got to just hang out in, like, the big bowl there. Like, there, there's a couple of them. And, and maybe it's not the main one. There's also one in a building, which I was still passed out the morning, so Dave saw it, and I never did. But um, there was a there, uh, there might have been an even bigger one that I missed that I believe was indoors. But, uh, yeah, there, there's, like, a really – if you go look at pictures or you've been there, the really big one – uh, outside, like the main one with the school bus in it and everything. And like, we're just hanging out in that. I sleep in my car. So I was up in that Dave, there's like this, this like, like dilapidating building and like dilapidating metal thing that kind of is like a porch, but like a huge porch, almost like the size of like a stage in front of it that like, I mean, I, I don't know how, how smart it was to be walking all over it, but we were, and, uh, he set up a hammock, there and uh, we got there a few hours before nightfall and just like hung out like he he skateboarded I just hung out and we were uh, all night like just blasting bad brains and the descendants we uh, we listened to ninth and pine I played it for Dave for the first time I I I gotta say I did listen to it once before that but uh, besides that I waited for him and we uh, blasted that shit under it was such a like I can't. And I got to say, too, it's been such shitty weather. Like, everywhere I went was so humid and hot. But, like, that night was so beautiful. Clear night, full moon, just stars out. And, like, and I'm not even skateboarding, but it's, like, just had a blast hanging out and partying and uh, just listening to fast old school punk, like, out under the stars. And then at some point, um, this, this I can't remember her name, but this, this chick and her boyfriend came up. And she had a, uh, she was doing a performance in like a week or something. She's like, oh, can I like practice here? And she just sat there like while we were under the stars, it was like midnight. And she's just like playing a shit on her acoustic guitar, just singing and playing guitar. We're all just like laying there, like just fucking staring up at the stars. Like it's just like such a fun, like such an amazing time. Like that's why I love places like that. And I love traveling, you know, like you got to go hit up weird, weird places like that. Like I had no clue. Neither of us did. Neither of us knew what to expect when we got there. But we went, and my God, was it fun. It was like, it was, and again, like, I don't even skateboard, and it was like some of the most fun I had in all three weeks I was out. Like, the 16 hours that, that me and Dave, or however long we hung out, like, I don't even think it was 24 hours that we hung out, um, was just so much fun just uh, doing that. And before that, we went to, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with uh, all the Mothman sightings, went to the, uh, one of the Mothman museums, went and saw the statue, 
and just kind of wandered around and just had a blast. Like, again, like I love campy shit like that. Like I love traveling and looking at like roadside stuff and like just weird campy kitschy things like that, like the Mothman stuff all over town. Like I love that stuff. I eat it up and to, uh, to go do that and then go to Skatopia was like so much fun. And again, like I probably would have better stories and no more if I skateboarded, but like all I can tell you is we hung out and partied there and uh, had a very nice time. I would love to go back. We were talking about it too because we missed, we just missed, I guess the next night a group from Buffalo was coming up, which uh, was too bad. I mean, I live I live 90 minutes away. I mean, Buffalo is a big place. Good chance I don't know them, but, you know, you never know. Maybe I know, know uh, some of them or friend of a friend or some shit. But, uh, no, we missed them. But, no, me and him were both saying we definitely want to go back. We wouldn't mind going at a time when it was busy. Like, we would also like to see what it's like when it's crazy but like at the same time i liked it being quiet because like i mean there there were like fucking burnt up cars and shit there like there's i i've been told it has calmed down in recent years but it's like that place can still get fucking rowdy by by the looks of it like it is not a if you go there at the right time like it it, like people are fucking around having some fun and stuff and uh looks like it can get absolutely crazy which i would love to experience too but i also did like experience just like chilling and there's just like these random dogs just like running up to you (laughs) and like hanging out there like in the middle of nowhere and just exploring these like when i say makeshift makeshift shacks like i mean you're walking through them going this fucker like i'm gonna fall through the floor in any second like but hey they're there, and I I don't know. I think people might sleep in them. Uh, they do a lot of other shady things in them, and they're just kind of there, and it's awesome. Like, I love that shit like Skatopia can exist. And was free, too. Like, I I, uh, I bought a few shirts, and, uh, and I know Dave did, and we pitched a few bucks in. Like, you can donate and stuff, which... You know, go look up this place, and you should, you should also go check it out. But you should also, like, go donate, because... It's so cool that this even exists and that it's a place to like go. Like, I'm so amazed. And again, like, I look at it this way and go, I'm amazed this much and I don't even skateboard. Like, I I know enough. Like, I mean, like, I knew some of the names, like, they were mentioning when I was there and taking me through the museum and, like, some of the stuff my friend was telling me about the, uh, the owner, Bruce, like, some of his history. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I've heard of this and that and stuff. But, like, if you're a skateboarder, I I think you would absolutely lose your shit at something like that. Like that has to be so so cool. So uh, yeah, that was really fun, and uh, I'm so happy Dave brought it up. I mean, I, I was I was happy to hang out with him anyway. But uh, when he when he said let's go do this, I was uh, really stoked. And I think he's coming down my way later this fall. I'm or this fall. I know it's still summer. But uh, to go down to the Allegheny National Forest, I know he's been getting into hiking more lately, which I'm stoked about because I love to hike. So uh, I'm like, yeah, man, come down here. That's not far from me. Uh, he wanted to go to Minister's Creek, really, really cool place down there. I'm like, dude, I'll show you that and so much more. I mean, the Allegheny National Forest is one of the we're, – we're so lucky to have that near me, one of my favorite national forests in uh, the whole country. But had fun hanging out with him, and uh, you should go listen to that too. Go check out, as I tell you, go check out Skatopia. I'm giving you a checklist of things to do. Go do that, and then go listen to uh, me and Dave's episode of uh, it's an old, it's like a year, well over a year ago we did it, but uh, it was like an early Power Chord Hour podcast. We go check that out. See, that's one of those ones I brought up earlier. How like I always think about doing podcasts when I'm out on the road, and that never happens. Like me and Dave are doing, we're thinking about doing one at Skatopia. And it's a great idea on paper. And then you get there and you're like, number one, I mean, there really weren't that many people there, but it's like, 
you get there and you realize, oh, I just want to have fun. Like, I don't, you know, I don't really want to fucking sit here. Like, even though it'd be fun to podcast, it's like, it's midnight. Like, we're just hanging out with these people bullshitting. We're hanging out under the moon, like, just partying and stuff. Like, we don't want, you know, it's like the last thing is like, I don't really feel like podcasting at this point. Like, let's just fucking around. So it's like, you know, that, that, that's what happened with us, but we'll definitely have Dave on again. You know, we, we had some intentions, but we had too much fun, which I don't think is a bad thing. I would rather, I'd rather get to go hang with my buddy who lives like four hours away who I don't get to see all the time. But yeah, like, like we definitely uh, had that thought and just didn't happen, but I'll have to get him on sometime and we'll talk about our uh, Skatopia night. Cause again, he's more well-versed like in the history and like, you know, just the history of skateboarding and stuff. So like he would be, I'm just sitting here telling you how fucking rad it is. He could like tell you more things, drop some names and uh, drop some knowledge and stuff. So we'll have to have him, he'll, we'll have to have him on sometime to talk music and skateboarding, but I uh, had fun with him. Went up to Chicago from there and uh, was going to see. Well, I did go see uh, Arches of Loaf in Chicago. Got a got a ticket from a buddy, but uh, shout out Matt. But uh, I got there. I was an idiot because I wasn't thinking about what uh, parking would be like in downtown Chicago's at the Subterranean, and uh, did not think about that. Even though I've been to Chicago countless times and had to deal with parking countless times. I didn't think of what it would be on a Saturday night. Also, a block away was a food festival going on. So when I thought, and it's fucked up too, because I had too much time at first. So then I'm like, I'm gonna go wander around Chicago a little. And I, but I drove, and then I got kind of sidetracked, started doing shit and not thinking. And by the time I got back, which honestly I wasn't too late, I was getting there around the time like I think the opener was probably going on. And uh, I tried looking for parking, and I mean, it was such an ordeal. By the time I found parking and uh, got up there, I mean, the I, I missed, I don't know how much I missed, but uh, a, a decent chunk of the set, I would say. I mean, it was a good show, but I, I missed... I missed uh, a decent amount of it, which is too bad, but that was that was my bad. But uh, cool to go see a show and a uh, very, very cool venue. I've never been to the Subterranean, but uh, very rad and never seen Arches of the Loaf prior to that. But uh, did that. was very fun. Again, shout out to my buddy Matt for uh, for uh, giving me that uh, that uh, ticket. Was uh, very nice of him. I I was not I was not planning on going originally. I was gonna be I was gonna hit Chicago, but it was on my way back. And then he mentioned that. And I'm like, I mean, I'll 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 drive that way instead. So I did that, and then decided I would take Route 66 from there, which was something I was gonna do anyway. But I got to take more of it because of uh, being in Chicago, because that's where it starts. And uh, and I was gonna hang out. I, I know I talked about that last time. Sadly, not get to hang out. If you're wondering. My dude Kyle Steven, uh, one half of the Bad Boys of Illinois, did not get to hang out with him, but uh, went down to Springfield and did get to hang out with the other half of the Bad Boys of Illinois. So I got I got one half and uh, Zach, which was uh, very cool to go hang with him. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you you know Zach. He's been on like 500 episodes at this point and uh, a regular, one of our, I would say, resident pop punk experts. But uh, he is down in Springfield, which is even on the route, so stopped, hung out with him for a couple days, which uh, was just an absolute blast. We uh, we got to hang out in person a few years ago, and obviously we talk a lot, but like we uh, haven't hung out in person since 2019, and uh, just had such a blast playing guitar, jamming, uh, just having fun, uh, just general debauchery, going down to St. Louis, 
and uh, just having a really good time. And I got to give him a huge shout out. I mean, he overdid himself with uh, with a late birthday gift, he said, which I appreciate. And actually, I say it's an early birthday gift because my birthday's in November. But uh, the drive through Records Welcome to the Family comp, which is one of my all-time favorite comps, uh, that on vinyl, which comes in. If you've never seen the original CD, it came in a little pizza box, which is like kind of what made it. You know, it was kind of like the famous thing about it. And they put this bad boy in a in a big pizza box for a 12 inch vinyl, and uh, very cool. He gave me that. He gave me uh, the Dirty Nil cassettes they put out for Record Store Day this year, uh, Master Volume on this really cool uh, transparent red, and then Fuck Art on this really cool uh, like. Actually, not light pink, like bright pink, kind of like the. I mean, not kind of like, but like the same color as like the font on the front of uh, on the front of the album where it says nil, and just really cool. I, I was so I was I was not expecting those. Well, I was expecting the cassette because he told me about them, but uh, that and then also uh, at Exalt's uh, record Get Wise that they put out last year. We went to Dumb Records. And uh, a really cool little uh, local record store in Springfield. Uh, Zach took me there. And they had the album on vinyl in uh, their local section. And uh, I was a little cheap because I was traveling and also a little hesitant just because uh, it's so hot out. And I'm in my car so much and I don't really like getting too much vinyl. But I'll get a few. And actually at that point, I'd already went too crazy in Chicago at Reckless Records and did buy some vinyl. So, I mean, at that point, it's kind of like, ah, what the fuck? But uh, he was cool enough to get that for me. So very, very, I mean, just too nice. Uh, him him and his whole family, just very uh, great, gracious uh, hosts while I was in town. But I had a blast with him. And uh, not only did he let me crash on his floor and couch, but uh, took me all around and gifted me some uh, very good music. But uh, fun to hang out with him. And I always play music, too. It's like it is too bad that we uh, do not live in the same vicinity because we would definitely be in a band together, um, playing, playing together. And, uh, and I'll give it to him. I, he's a great guitar player. I, I will, uh, I will not give any credit to myself, but we do sound very good together. And, uh, I think with a drummer, goddamn, I think we could, uh, we could do some shit, but we don't live, we don't live close enough. We, uh, we always talk about doing stuff like, you know, via email or whatever, just doing online stuff. And, uh, it just never gets too far. I don't know. That's a hard one. Like, and I don't know, I would love to hear, I mean, if you're a musician and try doing that, like, like hit me up. Like, I would love to know what the outcome for you is. But, like, you know, it is possible getting a band going, like, you know, remotely. But it just, I don't know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Maybe it's just, maybe neither of us have the ambition. Maybe it's just us. But uh, we, we never seem to get far enough, you know. I mean, doing a band in person is hard enough, too. But uh, remote seems like a pain in the ass as well. But maybe that's just... Maybe I just got bad luck. Maybe it's just me. Maybe basically what I'm telling you is it's me. But uh, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun uh, playing with him and hanging out and uh, going to St. Louis too and uh, more record stores. I mean, he got me, I got to say, and I've talked about this on here, how I uh, don't buy vinyl as much as I used to and how when I travel, I uh, when I go to record stores, I tend to stick to like CDs and cassette because I don't really want records in my car because there's really nowhere else to put them and it's hot as hell because it's summertime. But uh, I got to say, I went insane on this trip, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just hit some really good record stores. But, uh, yeah, with Zach, I mean, I hit a few dumb records, and Springfield was awesome. And then we went down. On the way, we hit Trusty Chords, which was a cool little place. I don't even remember. I think it was, like, outside St. Louis. And a good selection and great name, obviously, a, a hot water music reference there. 
But uh, we also went to Vintage Vinyl in St. Louis, which uh, my second favorite favorite uh, vintage vinyl, though sadly the other one is uh, is now gone, the one in Ford's, which I got to go to a month or so ago. I guess uh, I think it was early, yeah, early July. I think I went, or no, maybe no, late June, but uh, right before they closed. But yeah, I got to go back to Vintage Vinyl in St. Louis, which was cool. I went there five years ago. That was the other cool thing about this trip, and I didn't really think about it much before leaving. But uh, how my first cross-country trip was summer 2016, right after I graduated college. And uh, it was cool because a lot of places I went on this three-week trip here, I went on five years ago. And I started thinking about them like, oh, shit. Like, same way when I got to Denver. I'm like, oh, I remember the first time I was in Denver five years ago. And I'm like, I'm thinking of all the places I went and some of the places I return to now. Same in Chicago, too. And I was up there the first time I'd ever been there. A lot of... A good chunk of this country I saw for the first time in 2016. So, like, I, you know, going to a lot of places, getting kind of nostalgic in that way of, like, oh, shit. Like, I was here, like, five years ago. Some I've been to since, but some of those were my first return. Uh, I've been to St. Louis since, but that was the first time going back to Vintage Vinyl. And uh, grabbed a few things there. That's always great. And uh, got to go to uh, Blueberry Hill, which was cool. Chuck Berry used to play there, like, weekly for uh, years at the end of his life, which see that, that bums me out. The first time I did not know that uh, about Blueberry Hill. I knew, I knew th- uh, that Chuck Berry had an association with the place, but I remember walking by it the first time I went in 2016, but not knowing that like he played there frequently. And I don't know that he was playing there actually the night I was there, but now I wish I would have looked cause I mean, damn, he died like a year later. I would have loved to uh, been able to say that I saw Chuck Berry live, but we got to go there, which was uh cool. Zach saw, I forget who else he saw there. I know he's seen Angels and Airwaves and maybe All American Rejects. I think he's seen a few artists there, but it was cool to go in there and see the place and uh, just kind of go fuck around uh, around St. Louis. That's a great city. I, I enjoy St. Louis. So doing that with Zach was really fun. And uh, yeah, so I did that and then left him, did more of a Route 66, did it as far as Tulsa. And uh, once I was done in uh, Tulsa, I went up to Denver for a couple days and looked around. I've been thinking about, I went there because I'm thinking about moving there. And uh, I did enjoy myself. I mean, I am still considering it. I know it is a fairly pricey place, but that's kind of the thing now. I'm I'm up against a few different places that I want to move. And uh, really, finances are probably what it's going to come down to, like the cost of living in them. Because I also don't like a city where it's like, I'm working my ass off just to pay rent in a shitty little apartment and I can't afford to do anything like that defeats the purpose of being somewhere. Like there's so many cities, like I'd imagine that's what Los Angeles is like, like Los Angeles. When I visited it really fun, it's fun for a week, but like from what I can tell, unless you're doing really well for yourself or you're well off, like you're like working to live and like all the fun shit of Los Angeles is cool and all, but it's not if you don't have time to go do any of it or you can't afford any of it. So, you know, I'm trying to figure that out too with where I'm moving, cost of living. I definitely like in a, an affordable city as I feel probably probably most do. I don't know that's an unpopular opinion, living somewhere that you can afford. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself in Denver. More record stores. I didn't actually, you know, I got to say, I didn't hit a lot while I was there, but I went to the uh, Best One Angelo CD and vinyl. Uh, it was really fun. I found a lot of cool shit there. They, I like that place because they had a little bit of, like, they had a huge selection of vinyl. Like, their main thing is CDs and vinyl. 
but they also just have a bunch of other random stuff too. So like I found a bunch of neat, just random things there and uh, some really cool music postcards, which are 100% not authorized, but that's okay. I won't, I won't name the artists, but uh, they're definitely, they're like, they're probably reprints because I doubt they were ever actually uh, postcards, but like some of them are flyers and different shit for like, you know, some old like 70s punk bands and stuff. But uh, yeah, I found I found some neat stuff there and uh, just had a lot of fun, except for it was really fucking hot while I was there. And my uh, my AC did die on me, thankfully, not all the way until the last day of my trip, but was like coming and going um, throughout. And I think it was really it was towards its fucking last breath in, in Denver and uh, the one day, my God, it was like 91 degrees out, and it, it was really not working. So, I mean, I mean, rolling down my windows, but even that only does so much when it's that humid and hot. But uh, I did have fun. I just wish it wasn't so fucking hot. But it was like that everywhere I went. But went, spent time up in the uh, Rocky Mountains, went and uh, did that, and uh, had some fun. Had some fun in the city. I mean, Colorado, Colorado and Utah might be like, I mean, scenically, it really actually... Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, like that whole section there is like one of the prettiest parts of the of the country, like hands down. Also some of the most desolate parts of the country too, but uh just absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's definitely a time where I considered moving to Salt Lake City. And honestly, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh pissed if I ended up there. It is uh it's just something about it, something about living in like a city where you look around and there's just mountains surrounding you, like no matter where you'd be in a strip mall. I remember coming out of the FYE superstore, which has to be the last one in existence in Salt Lake city. And, uh, you just come out of this strip mall and like, you're surrounded by asphalt and buildings and signs and cars and shit. But you look up and there's just these mountains, you know what I mean? There's this reminder of like mother nature and just nature and, and earth and all that shit, you know, just all the good, all that shit, all that good shit, you know, all the, all the things that are, uh, you know, much prettier than strip malls, uh, all that. I like a city like that too, where you can kind of get out and like hike and be, be like, you know, be in nature within a few, you know, like 10, 20 minutes. You can be like, all right, I want to get out of the city and you can be out of the city really quick. You know, I, I like to have, I like to have both of that. Like, that's the problem with Chicago is like I love Chicago, but like I like to hike and I like to hike in the forest and feel like I'm in the forest. So it's like city parks are just that it's not enough for me. You know what I mean? Like and it's great because you have you have Lake Michigan there and there's, you know, beautiful parks where you, you know, walk along Lake Michigan and stuff like that. But uh just not the not the same as being able to go have either mountains to go play in or just, you know, the forest and the hills and stuff. You know, so I definitely like a city like that, which, you know, same with Denver is a, a big reason why I uh, am considering out there, but had fun there and then went back to my uh, old stomping grounds in Minneapolis. I was kind of like the last big part of the trip was went up there, hung out with some friends for a few days. And uh, I got to say, I mean, I, I mean, I've always loved the uh, Twin Cities. Even when I left there, like it really wasn't for anything in particular. I was just kind of like I was there for I went for a year kind of on a whim was done after a year and I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to go home, think, you know, kind of figure out what I'm doing and figure out what my next move is. 
But uh, going back there, I mean, definitely reignited my uh, my love and interest for it, you know, which happens also on here. I, I end up talking to musicians. I know Jamie Wolford, our last episode, you know, he doesn't live there anymore, but he he started Animal Chin, was a Minneapolis band. And uh, just talking about the city and, like, First Avenue and all that stuff, you know, always makes me miss it. But, like, going back definitely made me miss it because uh, I was reminded there – Again, there's there's like three things the Anthony guideline for any city for to be like Anthony approved. The vegan food, the record stores and like nature. Like how how fast can I get the fuck out of the city when I want to be in the middle of nowhere? And Minneapolis has all that. Like the Twin Cities, I'll say cuz they got to throw St. Paul in there cuz a lot of that shit's in St. Paul too, but record stores I mean, it's insane. Again, this is also volume. Like, the quality of them, amazing, but also the volume of them. Like, all, like, I feel like every city kind of has that one, like, gem of a record store, gem of, like, you know, like a vegan spot. But you go there, there's so many of them. Like, there, there's just so many. I mean, my, my favorite, the thing I was waiting for the whole time was to go eat at Hard Times Cafe, which is hands down my favorite vegan restaurant, vegetarian restaurant in the world. Um, you can quote me on that shit. I, and I got to go to Chicago diner too, which I had not been, I had forgot. I had not been there since 2017. I had not realized it been four years and had to go there and get my country fried steak delicious. And, uh, well that is good. I, the Chicago diner might be like my, I, I would comfortably put that at, at, yeah, I'd say, I'd say number two. That's, that's my second favorite, but hard times, hard times, the whole trip, all I'm thinking of is me and my buddies going and getting uh, vegan biscuits and gravy. Like the greatest thing in the world. Vegan biscuits and gravy at Hard Times Cafe is like, I mean, that that's just, and if I'm really being gluttonous, a hummus plate. Because that's a lot of goddamn food that I can't finish. But uh, I can destroy some hummus and get into that vegan biscuits and gravy. Oh man, and a, and a muddy waters. That is my. You've all been dying to know my uh, my my order at this vegan restaurant you've never heard of in uh, on the West Bank of Minneapolis. But uh, yeah, it's like my favorite in the world. We got to go there. That made me a happy boy. And then after that, guess what? More spending too much money at record stores. Minneapolis takes the cake though, and uh, the two offenders. Uh, a heart ag harder records, I believe is how you say it, which is in St. Paul. And I'd been, I never went to, while I lived there and drove by it so many times going, I'm going to go there. There's a lot of things I did while I lived there. Cause I lived there for a year and there's so many things that I would drive by or hear of and go, I'm going to do that. And just never got to it. You know, I'd go do something else or get busy, whatever it is. Life gets in the way work gets in the way. Um, and that was one of them. So, and then we went there. Really, really fucking cool store. Uh, all vinyl, couple cassettes, but a really cool store. I'm kicking myself. I didn't go there earlier, but my God, did I spend a lot of money? And then after that, Extreme Noise. I mean, classic punk rock record store in Minneapolis. All volunteer ran. Really, really cool. And uh, went there. Spent more, more money. And uh, I gotta say, I did not have the cash for it. But they had, at first I saw this Bad Brains thing on the wall. All I could see is it said Bad Brains. And it didn't look familiar, but I saw it had a VHS tape connected to it too. It looked like a box set, like a vinyl box set, like the size of like a vinyl box set. And it had like a VHS tape on the outside. And I'm like, well, what the hell is that? And then I saw it was like $750. And I'm like, well, what is that? 
And then I look closer and it was one of 10. It was like this promotional thing they sent out to like, I think just radio DJs uh, back back in the 90s. I think for God of Love. It was from when God of Love came out, I want to say it was the record. And uh, it's just this promotional thing. There's a bunch of seven inches in there. There's a VHS tape. Um, I think there's something autographed by the band. There's a few other things. If you go on Discogs, you'll find it. I mean, it's it's one of ten. Like literally, I looked it up. It is truly one of ten. And uh, my God, if I had seven hundred and fifty dollars to spend, uh, I definitely would have done that because that would have been really cool to have. And I think worth all seven hundred and fifty dollars. But I, I could sadly I could not do that. But still found a lot of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, just hitting up and got to get. Again, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about vegan food a lot because it's probably just going to bore you if you don't like vegan food. You just say, shut the fuck up and talk about music. But I got to have vegan fried chicken there, which I've wanted for a while from uh, Herbie's Fried Chicken from the Herbivorous Butcher, which also amazing, amazing if you uh, like vegan food. But uh, this shit, I will tell you this. I've not had chicken since 2006. 2006, I want to say. Yes, 2005 or 2006, but I think it was 2006. But anyway, it's been a long time. I may not remember totally how chicken tastes like, but I swear this tastes just like I remember uh, KFC tasting, which was just insane, which uh, was just crazy and and brought a brought a tear to my vegetarian eye because just the fact that the that the foods come that far from uh, someone who who again went full vegetarian. 2006 and uh i gave up red meat at like age five so like i remember what most like hamburgers hot dogs steak shit like that i don't remember what it tastes like i don't miss it i i have no clue what it tastes like but like still throughout the years like thinking of of the selection you had and the things that were available and same with going out to eat and what was available to you back back in the day we'll say as compared to like the last i'd say like really like five years um, is insane. Like even, even five years ago, it'd be hard to find some of that stuff. And it's like, Oh man, like this thing tastes like fried chicken. This is insane. And, uh, yeah, it blew my mind. Uh, again, it, it tasted just like I remember KFC being maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, record stores, vegan food, uh, the loose line trail, which I loved. I always, always went and did that. I went back to my old section outside of the city, so again, that city has my three, you know, fucking forest, not forest. I would not a lot of old growth there. It's very, it's a very flat state, but I won't hold that against them. But, uh, yeah, all the prairie land, there's a lot of state parks that is literally just prairie land for like five miles. And they decided to uh, put a state, a state park sign outside of it. But, uh, there's a lot of really cool, I, I, I'm, there is that, but then there's also shit like Minnehaha Falls where you have a fucking waterfall in the downtown of a city, which, uh, I, I can't think of many cities that have that. So yeah, I had such a blast. I mean, I'm kind of, I'd be honest, I'm considering the, uh, twin cities again too, and, uh, definitely more affordable than uh, Denver, but you know, a couple places I'm thinking of, but I had a blast going back there and was, was really weird too, because I've never, besides Jamestown, Minneapolis is the only other place I've ever lived. So it was weird to go back somewhere that I no longer live, because I've never really done that before. Go like, oh, there's my old apartment. There's the old place I used to eat. There's the old place, you know, I used to go here with friends. Here's my friend's old apartment. You know, like just shit like that. Like here's my old stomping grounds. And uh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, that was like that was like my big thing. After that 
when a quick drive through the North Shore, which they, you know, it's on fire right now, which is very, very sad. I, I uh, hopefully I hope they get some rain and stuff up there to uh, help it because I know I know it's been raging, which is just really sad. I mean, it's the prettiest it's the prettiest area like northern Minnesota does not it is it would blow your mind if you've never been there. It looks nothing like what you expect Minnesota to be. But uh, very sad to see a lot of that burning up, and hopefully that stops soon. But yeah, I did that, and then uh, drove through northern, a little bit of northern Wisconsin, not very long, but then through northern Michigan, which was uh, very fun. Another gorgeous, you know, that, that's just like northern Minnesota. If you've never been there, it's so far from what you imagine when you think of Michigan. Um, just insane. Also on Lake Superior. I mean, just so uh, so fucking beautiful. I did a little hiking, not a ton, but a little hiking and uh, just looking at some things and stuff was really a really good time driving back through there. I I like places like that. It sounds so sketchy, but I love those areas. I get that vibe too. when I go to like new England, there's like area, there's pockets in this country where you're really not like you would never be passing through there. It's kind of, you have to be going out of your way to go there kind of place, but there's just, there's this feeling about it where you go like, I could see where, like, if you were trying, I don't know why. And the more I say this, I just am going to sound sketchier. But, like, if you were just trying to, like, hide or literally be off the grid, those are the kind of places you go, like, how, like, it just blows my mind because I start wondering, like, how does someone end up here? Like, I mean, I get people are born up there, but it's like, how do you end up in a place like this? Like, what are some people's stories? Like, and then I guess I'm kind of starting to think that some of the people who live up there are sketchy because I'm like, man, you live in this really... And it's beautiful up there. Don't get me wrong, but it's like such a weird pocket where it's like, it's just, you know, nowhere near major cities, totally, you know, totally out of the way. It's not, it's not this thing you're going to pass through. You know what I mean? Like Indiana, you'd be driving through, you know, if you drive through the United States, there's a good chance you'll just pass through Indiana, just going through States where it's like Northern Michigan there. That's quite a detour, but a, a very pretty detour. Nonetheless, and I had fun doing that. I was so, I mean, this was a, this was the end of a three-week trip. So by the time I got down through near Detroit, I was about ready to get home. That's like the five-hour mark. But I did stop in Ann Arbor and uh, go pay my respects at uh, Stooges drummer Scott Ashton's grave, which was uh, cool to go see and not easy to find, I got to say. I knew, I knew the cemetery it was at. It is not like I, if it's marked, I couldn't find it. Like there's no way of figuring out where it was. And I drove around for probably 30 minutes at least, maybe 45, getting close to sundown. I was getting ready to give up, and then I drove by and I'm like, I, I, I saw a picture online. So, but I, that's all I was going off of. I'm like, all right, I can kind of see other headstones. I can kind of see a fence. Like I was trying to like make it out, and dumb luck, I guess driving out kind of saw one that vaguely looked like it from its side and I'm like maybe and I mean at that point I'm kind of like you've been here so long you might as well stop and see if it is I mean you know I was gonna be real bummed if I left without seeing it and lo and behold it was his grave so stopped and uh, paid my respects to just such a I've I mean I've talked about him on here before I mean and and I don't have to tell you the importance of the Stooges but definitely uh, punk rock before punk rock and was uh was very cool to go see his his grave. It's I guess it's kind of a to some it's probably a morbid thing, but you know I if I'm in a place and I know that there's like a musician I love that's buried around there, I'll definitely go uh, try to find their grave and just stop and you know just go kind of pay respects and, and just to see it. I always kind of 
if I'm if I'm in an area that I know like someone's buried, I'd definitely go uh, go do that. It's a morbid <laughs> it's a morbid landmark, I guess, but uh, a landmark nonetheless. That's another Ann Arbor is a great is a great college town, and I I rolled in really late and again was just ready to get home, so like I just kind of stopped and did that and got out of there. But that is a great town full of uh, good stuff. And back to vegan food. I can't remember the name of the place, but a very good vegan restaurant somewhere downtown that uh, had really good sandwich I had like three years ago. Can't remember much else. Just remember it was really good. But uh, yeah, great, great place. I definitely want to get back up there. I actually want to get back up for, uh, I want to go see Stooges, MC5, and Motown Landmarks all over uh, Detroit and Ann Arbor. That would be really fun. I'd love to go do that. And I want to go see, it just got unveiled, like, I think a few days ago the unveiling was, but James Jamerson, the uh, the famous, or should be more famous, I, he gets a little, he gets some recognition amongst bass players and stuff, but should be, like, recognized in the mainstream, but was uh, part of the Funk Brothers and played bass on, I mean, just about every big Motown hit you can think of in Motown record, like, up to, like, the late 70s, that, that man played bass uh, I mean, just his style, people, people for decades were ripping to this day, decades I mean to this day are uh, ripping him off. Don't even know his name. They know they're just doing like that Motown sound. It's James Jamerson. I mean, absolute bass legend. And, uh, he is, uh, buried in Detroit in you know, Motown. And, uh, I believe it was, yeah, he was born and raised there too. Just one of the best. I mean, if you're a bass player, you have to, you got to pay your respects. I mean, James Jamerson is one of the best to ever do it. I mean, and if you're into that kind of stuff, like YouTube isolated bass lines, like like there's some, including like the Marvin Gaye stuff, which Marvin Gaye, such an amazing singer that the music kind of gets overlooked because he's such a damn good singer, but it's like he had top-tier musicians playing with him. So it's like you go back and like listen to like just isolated rhythm section, like the bass and drums, a lot of that stuff, it's insane. Like it's just, and then, and then, you know what, on the other side too, go listen to just isolated vocals and going, my God, like fuck pitch correction or like auto tune or anything like that. Like these guys are like hitting those notes. Like that's just pure talent. That's nothing else. That's just all pure talent. You know, it's uh, I love that stuff. Those isolated videos, but I, I've always said James Jamerson and a, another session musician, part of the funk brothers who did tons of Motown, was uh, and actually from right up the road in uh, Pittsburgh, but Bob Babbitt and both of them were the bass players on uh, Marvin Gaye's album "What's Going On." And I I always tell people if you want to hear the best bass you've ever heard, just listen to that record with really good headphones and zone in on the bass. Again, everybody's good. Everybody's like just top tier, like talented on those records, but that bass playing is on another level, both of them. I mean, both of them. But they're also so distinct and so good and so original that you can tell when one, you can tell the songs that Bob's playing on, you can tell the songs that James playing on. But anyway, getting back to it, they just unveiled his family put up a new headstone where he's buried in Detroit. And he had, I mean, he had a nice headstone before. It was just kind of a plain one. But they just put up this awesome one with his famous uh, P-Bass that he played. There's this nice like bronze statue on top of it and just a beautiful headstone. They did a, uh, I, I talked about it on here last year. They did a GoFundMe for it and uh, I, I threw a couple bucks towards it and uh, they just unveiled it the other day. It looks awesome and I got to get up there. I want to go see it in person 
And uh, that's a that is definitely a grave. Like talking about visiting, uh, you know, like musicians that I love their graves. James Jamerson is on the top of my list of like people I want to go. You know, I mean, just again, a bass legend. I mean, like, and and just like that, like I've I've tried replicating that sound before before I even knew who James Jamerson was. Just trying to do that like vintage, warm, like warm P bass sound that you hear on all those Motown songs. That's James Jamerson. I mean, it has a name. His name is James Jamerson. And, you know, again, some people knew they were ripping him off. Some people didn't. But, uh, and not all ripping off. Also, also, you know, being influenced by, but uh, very, very cool. So I got to go up there and see that. And uh, the great, the Motown Museum, too. If you're into uh, Motown, as you should be, I mean, American music, my God. So almost, um, I, w- I would say it's like talking about music. That's one of our best, uh, I, I would say, like contributions to music is uh as a whole is Motown easily and a great Motown uh uh museum there you can go see the old studios and shit really really cool but uh, I want to go back up there sometime when I have more time and I'm not tired from a three-week trip and uh go just all the landmarks in Ann Arbor and Detroit from uh Motown MC5 the Stooges just you know I mean Detroit really they uh they they are so important like Detroit in the 60s specifically are so important to American music and just music as a whole I mean like MC5 and Stooges two proto-punk bands two of two of maybe the biggest proto-punk bands up there with like the Velvet Underground as being punk before punk like I mean that's there's just so much to go check out I know you can go like I want to go see the fun house and all all that different stuff so I definitely got to get up there at uh, some point and uh, go check that out but I, I did. I had a great trip, and uh, it's funny. I definitely spent more money on records than I did sleeping places. I paid to sleep somewhere two nights of those three weeks. Actually, I'm sorry, three nights. I paid $10 once for a campsite, and then I paid twice for, like, Motel 6s, like the nastiest, cheapest ones that were just – they were on nights that my ACU was, like, not fucking working, and it was hot as hell, and I just knew I couldn't sleep in it. I'm just like – all right, time. I'm I'm gonna pay the sixty dollars and get a Motel Six, but I, I road dog that shit. Walmart parking lots and uh, truck stops. And if I'm lucky, I mean, and I and I have so many friends to thank. I had a lot of buddies that I stayed with on this trip who uh, gave me a place to crash for a few days and a shower to use, which was uh, very nice to uh, to have. But yeah, good trip. And, uh, you know, probably the last for a while now, too, because, I mean, I kind of went out as things were really starting to ramp up again. So probably back to not really traveling for a while. That was uh, and I was wondering that, too. I was kind of like, you know, it all kind of started. You started seeing more things again as I was leaving. And, you know, I was already out on the road, but you're kind of like a little weary about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy I got to get out there and go do all that stuff. And uh, kind of kind of figure out where I want to go. You know, probably won't move for a little while, but uh, you know, towards the end of the year, hopefully that would be that would be the. Uh... But yeah, and now now we're here. I'm back in Jamestown, and I'm here with you at the uh, end of August. I can't believe that either. We're, uh, I mean, that's why I'm like, I'll probably I think about moving, and then I remember like we're almost we're really inching towards the end of the year. So like, part of me's like, oh, I'll move by the end of the year, and I'm like. The end of the year is closer than you think, dude. So, uh, yeah, it's it's insane to think that. I mean, I've also been gone for three weeks. That'll, that will also push time ahead. But, uh, yeah, being being back, it blows my mind that, that we're going into September here in just a few days. 
But I had a I had a blast. It was great to see some friends who I hadn't seen in a while. Great to go back to Minneapolis. Great to kind of figure out more where I want to move. Uh, not great to spend as much as I did on records, but great to own said records afterwards. And uh, yeah, was such a uh, overall just such a good time. So, uh, but I I am I'm happy to be back. Happy doing this. And uh, I just recorded my uh, first interview, which will be airing next week. Will be our uh, first interview back since the Jamie Wolford one with returning guest, my uh, my buddy Greg Eklund, uh, best known former drummer of Everclear on all the big records. Uh, he play he joined from on Sparkle and Fade and stayed all the way to Slow Motion Daydream. So he again like all the huge records he played on, and he just put out an excellent solo record this month. And uh, I, I, which he he announced, yeah, he did announce on here last year. He was a guest last year. We talked about recording Everclear Sparkle and Fade for its 25th anniversary. And uh, it was great because he was kind of, we were laughing about it too, because it's like he was kind of on the fence of it last time we were talking. Not, I mean, just not on the fence of the album. Like, it, it, you could tell the album was special to him, but he's like, I don't know if people will like it or not. I don't know if this is just a personal thing. Like, he, he just wasn't super sure. And uh, it's great to see it finally come out, and it's such a good record. Like, I was telling him that before I got to hear it. He sent me a, uh, it was just kind of unmastered. I mean, the songs, the songs were there and everything. It was just unmastered. But uh, I, I'd heard the album a while back and really, really good. So I already knew it was going to be good, but I was happy to see it finally come out. I knew it was coming out, but I didn't know when. And, uh, you know, I was telling him from the get-go, like, on that last episode, it's like, we'll have you back on when it's out. And a year later, here it is. And it's out, and it's great. And uh, I was happy to get to talk to him again. And such a, I mean, he's in, funny enough too. He lives in Minneapolis, and I was I was telling about how much fun I had up there, and uh, he just further made me want to move back there because he was just talking about how great it was, you know. And we're also talking about how fun Wisconsin is, which is not a very far drive if you live in the Twin Cities. That's definitely you can you can be there in about an hour. So uh, yeah, he was just talking to him uh, before the interview and during the interview. He was kind of like also kind of pushing me towards like, yeah, like, you know, this is a great city. So who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll end up back there. I really wouldn't be sad. I kind of imagine I would go back there at some point, if not now, at some point in my life. But uh, yeah, it was really fun to talk to Greg Eklund. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about his solo record, but you know, I mean, he was in Everclear for so long. Everclear definitely came up. The Ula is another great band that he does. And uh, he also plays for Storm Large, which like this guy has such an interesting life. I mean, and I, I've tell I've told him this, like that he was a great guest last time. He was just as good this time. Like he's led such an interesting life. Like even before Everclear, like he was he was over in you know he started his life in the UK. I know he was a military brat. Like he uh, you know I think they moved around a little bit and. Uh, just really like just interesting, interesting life that he led all the bands that he played in prior to Everclear and living in all these different places and then joining Everclear. Like, you know, I mean, just being in a band that's playing arenas and, you know, platinum records. I mean, one of the, I would argue one of the biggest bands in the nineties and, uh, you know, doing that, doing the Ulas after where he's talked about, like being in an indie rock band, playing you know little dive bars in a shitty little van making like no money and how fun that was after doing Everclear and just doing that storm large which is like a whole different thing which was funny because we had to get off we got off the phone or we were done with the interview and we were talking and he's like man I'm sorry I gotta go I, I'm missing it I'm supposed to be watching storm on uh, America's Got Talent 
And it's just like, like this guy has played with so many amazing different people and done so many amazing things. And, uh, you know, like Everclear is just the tip of the iceberg, you know, like that's obviously what I know him from. A lot of people know him from, but, uh, you start to talk to him and you learn about his life and the things he's even doing now. He stays very busy and uh, you're just like, my God, like you, you are a very, you've led an interesting life. Like you, you've lived the life people should live. Like you've done a lot of different things. You've tried a lot of different things. Like you just get it. Like he's the kind of person you want to talk to. Like he's much wiser than I think he realizes and has done a lot more than I think he realizes too. But, uh, that'll be out next week. I'm very excited for, uh, for you to hear that, that last episode is uh, still one of my favorite interviews and was great to, I mean, he was one of those ones too, where it's funny. Like I was so nervous the first time I interviewed him because he's the former drummer of Everclear. And it's like, I've been, I've been listening to Everclear since, I mean, I was probably like four or five. Like, I mean, so much for the afterglow came out. That would have been my intro to them in uh, 97 and I was born 92. So like since five years old, I've, I've been listening to them. And like, I was kind of nervous when I first talked to him just because again, drummer of Everclear and everything, and then he was just so fucking rad the first time. And like, we're just joking with each other. We talked for like three hours. So we do it this time. It's like, I don't even think of it that way. Like, I mean, I still like I, in the back of my head, I'm fanboying Cause I'm like, oh man, like you've you know, I've been listening to you for so long, but it's like, you just talk to him. Like they're like, I'm, I'm not like being over like, oh my God, like asking 50 questions about Everclear. It's like, you just have a conversation with the dude. Like he's just such an interesting guy and so uh, fun to talk to. So that's going to be really cool. That'll be out next week. And uh, that was my very first one back. But we have a lot of guests. We should have guests for uh, all of September and probably going on from there. I definitely, uh, from being in between being gone for a month, all the, you know, from not doing the show, I mean, I, again, like we've been airing episodes, but I haven't been working on the show for about a month. And uh, between doing that and just having a lot of other guests lately hitting me up or me hitting up guests. We got a lot of really uh, cool shit coming up that uh, I'm very excited for. But yeah, already have our first uh, interview for next week, so that'll be out uh, very very soon. But uh, yeah, so that's that is what I have been up to this month. But uh, we'll get into some music now about an hour in. But again, that that's what this is for. I knew I knew uh, this episode kind of come on and just uh, I mean then talking about I, I was out for so long and doing so much. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, be back. But I did not pay. I got to say, this is kind of nice looking up new releases since being home because I really did not pay attention to uh, the music that was coming out while I was traveling. And I was also going a lot of places where there wasn't reception. But uh, there was definitely some good music that came out this month. Uh, Joey Cape, I mean, I, I've talked about him so many episodes, how much I uh, love him, what a great songwriter he is. Uh, last month, our top five fat records release, me and Joey Cobra both had a uh, leg wagon on there and talking about what a, uh, I mean, just such an underrated uh, songwriter, including in punk rock, the Joey is, uh, Joey Cape. But uh, yeah, his new album, A Good Year to Forget, go check that out, new solo one from him. Hawthorne Heights just put out If Only You Were Lonely 15, that is their uh, their uh, sophomore record, If Only You Were Lonely, reimagined for its 15th anniversary. And they got a new record coming out uh, soon in, uh, I think, just a few weeks here. And we'll probably have JT on soon. We're supposed to have him on earlier in the year, but uh, they, they were busy recording that and a new record. So they're recording two albums and just got really busy. So it kind of fell through. But now that the uh, albums are out, I think we'll have him on soon, which uh, will be so fun because I, I mean, I, I've, I've known those dudes. I mean, they're like close personal friends, 
But like I've I've hung out with those dudes and shit for like the last ten years just from going to shows, getting to know them. And uh, JT is like there. I've discovered so much music from him, and he's just a guy where it's like, like again, it's kind of like with Greg, where it's like I could I could talk to him for three hours and maybe never even bring up an Everclear question. Same with JT, like I could talk to him for three hours just about music, like Hawthorne Heights, his own music. May could never come up like you know if we're doing an interview obviously we'll talk about it, but like i just thought for three hours we'll just talk about like fat records and 90s punk rock and like just weird obscure bands that i would like like he's always good at that where i'm like dude give me like i like this band so give me three weird bands you saw live in the 90s who kind of sound like them like shit like that so uh yeah he'd be a blast we uh we'll probably have him on here soon we got a new single from uh, the copyrights, Halo, which is uh, off their upcoming record, which uh, I'll talk about later on here on this episode. Greg Eklund, like I mentioned, Muffled Tears. Go check that out because we'll be talking all about it next week. So uh, get ready for that one. Go check out Muffled Tears. Really, really good record. Uh, Quicksand with Distant Populations. This thing is great, and I'll play a song off of that here in a minute for you. A Great Big Pile of Leaves. They are back and got a new record for you, Pano. Uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket with a new one, Six Sesh. Big D in the Kids' Table just put out a new single, Too Much, which we'll play here shortly for you. And they got a new album come out in October, Do Your Art, which uh, I'm very excited for. And uh, I believe another one to uh, kind of tease has not happened yet, but uh, I believe David, the uh, singer of Big D in the Kids' Table, will be coming on here very soon, which I'd be very excited for. I've been listening to them forever. Um, I, I saw them on Warp Tour a few times, and uh, a band I've just—that's another one where I'll be like, "Damn!" Like, I, I love that. Like, I've been listening to them for so long. I remember—I even remember back in the day uh, when Fye had like the scanner thing, where you'd go scan the CD at the listening station, and you could listen to like thirty-seven snippets or thirty-second snippets of uh, all the songs. And I, I remember doing that to a few Big D and the Kids Table albums that they had at uh, Fye. And uh, that was probably like even the first time I really heard them, minus maybe a song or two like on Fuse, was just listening in FYE. So I would love to have uh, have David on. So should be happening next month. Uh, you, you can more than likely plan for him to be a guest here in the uh, next couple weeks. But uh, also new music from the Bronx with Bronx 6. And one that I'm going to play for you right now, it is the debut single from Dan Andriano of Alkaline Trio's new band, Dan Andriano and the Bygones. He just put out his uh, first song, Sea Level, and uh, I really, really like it. And something that I like, too, if you're a Get Married fan, which uh, they're a great pop punk band. I play them a lot on the radio show. Uh, both brothers Dylan and Randy Moore of Get Married played on this and are in the band with uh, Dan, which is very, very cool. And I'm sure they're excited about because I know they uh, – I, I follow him on Instagram, and I want to say it's Rand. I think both of them are, but I think it's Randy is a huge Alkaline Trio fan. Like even before being in this, just from following him, like on Instagram and shit. Like I, I think they're like one of his favorite bands. So that's very cool to know. Like you know, he, he's playing a band with people who uh, definitely like love his music, and uh, and I love their music too. Get Married, great fucking band, which you should uh, go check out. Which there's still a band too. They haven't put anything out for a while, but I know they've. Uh, been working on a new album which i can't wait for really really good pop punk band but yeah right now on your august 2021 rundown of the power court hour podcast this is dan andriano and the bygones with sea level
Never signed up to play by any of the rules Wallpapered my room with all my bad reviews My lifestyle's awake and filled with gratitude Ska isn't just a side, oh kid, you gotta live Whoa! Everyone's telling me that they think I'm too much Everyone's always screaming, oh yeah, that boy's too much I just think I'm wicked awesome, solid off the wall This is Chelsea from Stress Dolls, and you are tuned into the Power Chord Hour.
right here on your August rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast. That was Quicksand with Colossus off their new record, Distant Populations. Before that, a new single from Big D in the Kids Table. That was Too Much off their upcoming record, Do Your Art, which will be out this October. And opening up that block of music was the debut single from Dan Andriano's new band, Dan Andriano and the Bygones, and that jam was called Sea Level. All right, before it's all over, I got some music news for you for the month of August. And kicking it off, Midwest Pop Punkers, the copyrights, have announced that they have signed to Fat Records, and they will be putting out a brand new record this October. The band will be releasing their seventh studio album called Alone in a Dome on Fat, October 22nd. And this is going to be the band's first album since 2014's report. It has been seven years and uh, very excited for this. You can uh, pre-order the album now and you can hear their first single off of it called Halo. I'm very excited for this. I knew it had been quite a while since report, but like I had forgotten it had been that long. You know, I, I think they've put out like maybe a split or an EP since then. Like, I feel like they've done a few things. I think they re-released an older album too. Like didn't like an album anniversary edition, but like, as far as studio records go, it, it totally, I totally forgot it had been that long. So that really excites me. And that's also one of those bands where it's like, you would, you would kind of expect them. You kind of expect them to be on fat at some point. Like, I mean, they fit very well on red scare, but like, Fat Records seems to be one where it's, you know, they're just one of those bands where you're like, I think that would inevitably happen, you know? Like, I remember talking to Jason Navarro of the Suicide Machines, and their last record came out on Fat Records, and it's like, you know, that's just such a perfect fit that you're almost like, how did it take this many decades for, like, the Suicide Machines to be a band before they signed to Fat? You know, like, there's just some bands where you inevitably think they would be on fat records and uh, the copyrights are definitely one of those. And I'm excited for new music. They're, they're one of those bands where you know what you're getting with them. Like they're very much like they're not, they're not going to do some, you know, the new album, I don't think you're going to listen to it. And they're going to be like, we got really into like joy division or we're doing like this post punk stuff now. Like, you know what you're going to get really good pop punk, really catchy hooks. Like they're always good and uh, always a good one live. So that is a, uh, Definitely an album I'm looking forward to this fall. A lot of really good music coming out in October, I'm noticing. So, like, be ready for that. We got some really good music coming out in the uh, second half of this year. Uh, Some uh, new news came out. Simple Plan have dropped off their co-headlining pop punk Still Not Dead tour with Newfound Glory. This tour was originally slated for 2020 but was postponed like all other tours in the entire universe due to COVID, and uh, Simple Plan have decided that given the recent spikes of uh, COVID coming back, that they are not going to take part in uh, the rescheduled tour. So replacing them on the Pop Punk Still Not Dead tour is now less than Jake, and uh, also replacing the original 2020 opener Knuckle Puck is now uh, Hot Mulligan and Lolo. They will be, be both uh, be the new openers for the tour. And uh, if you want to go check that out, the tour is going to be hitting all across America September and October. And uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, they're probably touring. So uh, if that's your thing, go check it out. I got to say, I mean, Simple Plan is a band, I will I will tell you, um, you know, which maybe they're not everybody's cup of tea. But I mean, one of, not even one of, I would say it's probably like the first quote unquote punk, pop punk, like within that realm band that I uh, ever got into. I mean, so very much a huge gateway band for me and uh, newfound glory not too long after that getting into newfound glory a few years later probably thanks to uh 
simple plan. So, uh, you know, I don't know. That was, I, I'd known of that tour and I was definitely thinking about going to it. Cause again, like I, including with simple plan, they're, they're one that I may not listen to a ton, uh, these days, but it's like, I, I definitely respect what they did to my, uh, you know, what they did for my music tastes and, you know, and, and you know, you definitely go back and listen to those albums that shaped you as a person. Like, I mean, I would definitely be stoked to see them live. They're also just an amazing live band. Like I, I saw them so much back in the day when I was younger and, uh, just put on such a great live show. One of those bands where you don't really have to be a fan of the music to, uh, really just enjoy that show. But uh, Less Than Jake is a damn good, uh, you know, like if you got to be replaced by someone, like Less Than Jake and Newfound Glory is going to be a pretty good show. Like I, I think that's going to be pretty enjoyable. You know, like like Simple Plan and Newfound Glory would have been fun. But like, again, like if I in, in 2021, if they're between Simple Plan and Less Than Jake, like the one that I would like, you know, that I listen to more would definitely be Less Than Jake. You know, so it's like that's uh, that's pretty cool. I don't, I'm not a, I, I mean, I don't even want to say I'm not a big fan of Hot Mulligan because, like, to be honest, I've heard one or two songs. I've never heard Lolo, but uh, I, I, I'm not a big Knuckle Puck fan, so that one wasn't a, uh, a big change. But I don't, I don't know, like, about this tour, I, I was thinking about it. It's like, it's still a cool tour, and I get it's a continuation of the Pop Punk's Not Dead tour they did in New Found Glory did in 2011, but I feel like it was like, like I don't I don't feel like it was it was like put together the same way the first one was. Like if you look at the two at the 2011 Pop Punk's Not Dead tour, like it represented Pop Punk in 2011. Like I thought that tour was fucking amazing. Like I love going to it. It was like all the bands who were coming up at that time who were really like highlights of the genre. Where like I think this tour was cool. Like a Newfound Glory Simple Plan tour, Newfound Glory Lesson Jake tour is cool. But I just didn't feel like those were the bands that would uh, that you would put on the Pop Punk's Not Dead tour, you know. And I know Less Than Jake has pop punk, like that's part of their sound. But they're also, you know, generally considered a ska band, you know. So it's one of those ones where it's like I think I think the the headliners of that tour is uh, you know are both really good. But it's like I don't know. I was kind of it's weird to say because again I like Simple Plan. I less I like Less Than Jake, but like I was kind of bummed when I saw the the lineup for the Pop Punk Still Not Dead tour because I was thinking like. You know, we would either, which really, actually, a lot of those, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the Wonder Years are the only band who are still together besides Newfound Glory from the 2011 lineup. Uh, Man Overboard, I think, are doing reunion shows, but, I mean, they're broken up. This time next year is long broken up. Set Your Goals haven't done anything in a few years. And, uh, yeah, I think the Wonder Years and Newfound Glory are the only, like, real, like, active ones from uh, from that lineup. But, I mean, that that show was uh, just so good. I mean, I remember seeing at the town ballroom that tour just being like absolutely amazing. And like while I think this new tour was good, again, I think it's good. I don't think it was the same thing. Like I feel like with that tour, like if you were going to revive it like 10 years later, you would you know, you would really have it would be less of a co-headliner too. It'd be like Newfound Glory and like they did the last one, like Newfound Glory bringing out like the best new bands, you know, which I thought was a cool concept too. Cause even in 2011, you know, newfound glory were, you know, the, uh, the, the veterans, you know, the veterans of pop punk and, and the, the elders or whatnot, you know, the legends. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I, I liked about that tour. It's like you had the legends who were still putting out great music with, uh, you know, all the up and coming bands who are influenced by them, who are now putting out great pop punk, you know, 10 years later, you know, 10 years after newfound glory, were the new band. So it's like, I kind of liked that more, you know, and it was that concept, but I guess I also like, 
I don't know what pop punk. It's weird because I was really like I love pop punk. I talk about it on the show. I play a lot on the radio show. It's one of my favorite genres. But I will say that there's a lot of like pop punk is kind of general, and there's a lot of pop punk that I just don't. At age 28, I just don't pay attention to anymore, or it's just not my thing. Like because there's there's that pop punk that just. It very much is the angsty teen side of it, and it and it's kind of more the I don't, I don't know juvenile side or whatever. But like, I don't really float to those bands anymore. And it may even be music where ten years ago I loved it when I was like eighteen, might have loved those bands. Where now I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm good. But there's like other like Get Married, who I who I talked about earlier. Like a lot of Wiretap bands are really good at that. Where it's like they're new, and same with Attic Salt. Like they're like pop punk bands. But they're like, it's more grown-up pop punk. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel so much like they're writing about being in high school. They're writing about being like 20-something and like just things you can relate to in life. Like just more more things that really, and funny enough, might not be as relatable to a kid in high school, but is more relatable for years on. You know what I mean? Like it's something you can listen to for longer in your life than something you might only resonate with for like four years of your teenage years. And, uh, you know, so like, I, I don't know. Cause obviously, you know, like I pay attention to pop punk, but maybe not to the volume that I once did. So it's like, I don't even feel like I should say who should be on there. Like who are the ones carrying the torch? I mean, there's ones I would like to see, but like, I don't even know who I would say should be on the pop punk still not dead tour. But like, I definitely would have liked it if they did it more, more like, you know, like the uh, first one where they brought out some like up and comers. I think that would have been uh, kind of cool to see, but uh, yeah, and I can't blame simple plan either, including, you know, I, I think Canada, you know, we're getting spikes here in the U S too. And I think in Canada, I, uh, and I don't know if it's still the case, but I know the vaccine was uh, harder to get for a while and not as uh, readily available. So like, you know, I, I think COVID cases and stuff were still up more and uh, you know, I definitely can't blame them for not wanting to go out. You know, like I also don't, I don't blame bands. I don't blame bands for going out and playing again, and including there being, you know, a lot of bands now too. It's like you have to be vaccinated to go to the shows. Like you have to be. So it's like they are taking precautions and they're being careful. But it's like I also get the bands. Like I'm not damning those bands to go out and play. You know, like I said, oh, Archers of Lowflow is out. But like I also totally get bands who are like, hey, we're just gonna wait. Like let's, we hate to do this again, but it's like we're gonna hold off. Like I totally get both sides of that of that uh coin so you know like, like some plan said they still wish you know the rest of the of the uh, tour good luck and everything but uh yeah that uh i i'll probably i can't remember when they're playing buffalo i have to look i mean I'm, i may still go to that i don't have tickets yet but i know i was still considering it before and it was uh, newfound glory and simple plan and honestly newfound glory and less than jake might uh make me want to go even more so i may be at that i don't know could uh could be at that very soon and last piece of news here, August rundown, and I would say the best news of the month. Rhino Records have announced that the replacements 1981 debut, Sorry Ma, Forgot to Take Out the Trash, is going to be the next replacements album to get the deluxe edition box set treatment from Rhino. So to celebrate the 40th anniversary of one of the greatest debuts of all time, I'm very excited for this. Rhino Records is releasing a four CD, one LP box set that is going to be featuring 100 demos and outtakes. This thing is like, I mean, I would assume every single thing recorded during the uh, Sorry Ma sessions, which uh, is going to be very, very cool. Of those 100 demos and outtakes, 67 of these songs have never been released before. So a lot of a lot of stuff here 
that uh, we have we have never heard. And uh, also included in that is the band's very first demo, which uh, I can't wait to hear. If you've read Trouble Boys, this is the demo, the very first thing the band recorded. And it was the demo that uh, Paul Westerberg gave to uh, Peter Jesperson when he was working at Orfolk Joke Opus in uh, Minneapolis. And that ended up, you know, leading to uh, him signing, Peter signing them to Twin Tone Records and uh, the rest is history. So I'm very excited to be able to uh, hear that. And also the very first professionally recorded live set from the band, a, a 1981 set at 7th Street Entry, probably also one of the first times that they played at 7th Street. And uh, Trouble Boys author and replacements historian Bob Mayer will uh, be doing the extensive liner notes for this as he has for all of the... Uh, all of the reissues and box sets lately. And uh, very excited, like with the, all the other ones, a bunch of extensive liner notes, unseen photos. And uh, Bob will also be doing some interviews with uh, Peter Jesperson and uh, the one really cool replacements drummer, Chris Mars, who, I mean, if you know anything about Chris, he doesn't discuss his replacements years a whole lot. And he really doesn't, he does not really partake in uh, these things. So quite, quite surprised to see that very happy. But uh, yeah, the box set is set to be released on October 22nd. I feel like everything I've talked about tonight is being released on October 22nd. It's a good, good uh, day for music. But uh, it is set for uh, then, and pre-orders are now up at rhino.com. I mean, very excited. They've been putting these box sets out the last few years. They put one out every year. So, I mean, it really wasn't a huge surprise. But I do. I wasn't expecting Sorry Ma to be the next one. Like I thought they would get to it. Like People kind of talk about it because they've... They've really only done these box sets lately for the Sire albums. Uh, they, they did it for uh, Don't Tell a Soul and Please to Meet Me. This is the first one they're doing for Twin Tone, which I thought they'd eventually get to. Like it, it, like, it wasn't the next one I thought they'd do, but it makes sense. It's the 40th anniversary and everything. And, uh, I mean, I'm excited. You know, I, I will say, like, even at first, I saw a couple people and even myself kind of be like, man, they put these out a lot. Like, I wonder if it's going to be, and they have been good, not to say that the other box sets aren't good, but you just wonder when they keep putting them out. It's like, man, like, I wonder if this is going to, you know, how good this will be. And it is. I mean, it, I started looking at them like, oh, no, like, they really, they put a lot of, of time and effort in this one, too. You know, this has a lot of, uh, like I said, I mean, 67 songs never heard before. I'm sure some of those we've heard in bootlegs, but I mean, they went in and cleaned this stuff up. Same with, same with, uh, sorry, Ma also gets a remaster and all the other stuff has been cleaned up and everything. So like even the things that maybe you heard as bootlegs in the past is probably going to be the cleanest and best versions you will uh, hear anywhere. And I'm very excited for the, uh, you know, Chris Mars involvement. Cause again, I mean, he's kind of weird about it cause he has, it's not that he like, doesn't mention it at all like it's mentioned in some things and he's partaken in like songs for slim he did a few things and stuff but like he's been he's been he, you know paul and tommy have uh you know anytime they've really kind of revived the replacements throughout the years it's a paul and tommy thing and chris really doesn't partake much so like the fact that he did on this one is really cool you know and i mean i don't want to like start start you know putting words in people's mouths or jumping to conclusions but i mean even the fact that he did this is a good sign. Cause like my whole thought is, you know, with Slim's health and everything and the way, the way everything is, it's like, it would just be so nice to see Paul, Tommy and Chris on the stage together while the three of them are still alive, you know? So like, you know, obviously it doesn't mean anything or that it means that's going to happen, but it's like, all I can think about is maybe those seeds are being planted, you know, maybe one day, hopefully one day you can listen back to this and go, God damn, he was right. The plant, the, the seeds are being planted and we get a replacements reunion with the pleased to meet me trio. You know, it, it's just 
life life is too precious and short. You only have so much time, and it would be nice to see the three of them kind of put their their shit aside and do the replacements. You know, truly, truly do the replacements would uh, be very cool. But either way, I'm excited to see his uh, take and his thoughts. You know, he's he's one of the ones who you really haven't seen much from. So it would be cool to see those interviews and pictures and all that. And including, I mean, this is the earliest stuff. Like, these are the earliest recordings that exist of the replacements. And, uh, you know, Rhino's just done such a good job on the other two and all the other stuff they've put out for the mats throughout the years that uh, I'm excited, you know, for like for like a millisecond. I, I like other people were just kind of we're just I don't know, like I was excited, but I was also like, oh, they're like, I don't know. It's weird to say because part of you wants them to do every album, but then you're like, man, they seem to do this like clockwork. It's like every August, like they announce it and then they really but it's like, hey, they do. I'm not going to bitch. They do a great job. I get to hear unreleased replacement stuff like. I can't. I really can't complain. At the end of the day, so like for a millisecond, I'm like, "Oh, is this a cash grab?" And then I looked at, I'm like, "No, no, this is worth every penny." So uh, I'm very excited for that. Rhino and the replacements. Neither of them are paying me to say any of any of this. I, I doubt. I doubt Paul Westerberg would uh, endorse anything I am saying here. But uh, yes, I'm very excited for that. Definitely got to go pre-order that. A couple different packages on our Rhino's website, so I'm very excited. But that is the news. That is your August 2021 rundown. Thank you for listening to me talk about traveling and vegan food and spending too much money at uh, record stores all over the Midwest for an hour. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed the new music and uh, some good music news. And, yeah, I'll be back next week, next Monday, with Greg Eklund. Cannot wait. Go check out his new solo record, Muffled Tears, and that'll get you excited for it. But, yeah, that'll be out. And uh, a nice long interview, too. He is a – I told him that, too. It's like he's a he's the kind of guest I want. He he answers your questions. He doesn't give you one-word answers. He's not, he's not, like, giving you half the answer or anything like that. He gives you a great answer, which, like, leads into more questions and, you know, like – like you have a conversation, like it, it's very easy to talk to him, which is like exactly what you want when you're interviewing someone. I don't want someone who isn't going to give me answers to kind of being an asshole about it, you know, like doesn't want to be there. So uh, amazing guest, just as fun as he was the first time. So and if you haven't heard that, go back episode 15, I believe, of the podcast. We talked we talked for like two and a half hours about uh, a bunch of stuff, but mainly Everclear Sparkle and Fade and recording it 25 years ago, uh, 26 now. But yeah, I'm excited for that next week with Greg. But until then, for the Power Court Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.